So without a waste of time, let's welcome Mfundis, Pastor, Pastor, KG. Amen? Praise God. person. <laughs> so preaching or teaching after that, it's quite a, a challenge. But the Holy Spirit is here, amen. Let's just close our eyes we open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for this wonderful day. For this is the day that you have created. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You said in your word, when two or more are gathered, you are there in the midst of them. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here to teach us, your people, to equip us, to strengthen us. We humble ourselves before you, Lord, believing that you exist and that you diligently reward those who seek you. In the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. My name is Katleho Libesi. At this church, I'm known by KG, Pastor Pastor KG. So I've been, I've been saying I'm going to do a song. I'm going to just do a song finally. I'm going to do a Pastor Pastor KG song. So I, I loved the offering message done by Elder Tando uh, because it's something similar to what I'm going to be talking about. I love that he talked about the foundation. You know, foundation is very important. Foundation for you to for you to 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 grow in life, to succeed in life, there has to be a solid foundation. There has to be something that you stand on. There's an echo. Are we back? So the foundation, foundation is very important. You need to know the foundation. The same way when you look at this building, this building has a foundation. Can you, can you build without a foundation? Why not? It's not going to stand. Can you please have the pictures on the screen? I don't know what to title the message today, but foundation, building on foundation. So this is a, this is a foundation. On this foundation, what, what type of a house or how, how, how big of a house can you build on that foundation? Just by looking, how big of a house can you build on that foundation? So you can see, let's say from here, this could be the lounge. I don't, or it could be the two bedrooms, the big ones could be the two bedrooms. This small one here, it could be a bathroom. This could be a second bathroom. So we can say about, about three bedrooms maximum. Can you show the next slide? Thank you, sir.
Now, <laughs> now, can you build this house on that foundation? Why not? It's the same house, you use the same material, you use the same cement, you use the same equipment to build a house. Why can't you build this house on that foundation? It's not deep enough. So you need, the, you need a bigger foundation. This is one of the most expensive houses I found. It's in Florida. It's about 500 million, this house. So you can see that for you to build this house, this house has more than 30, 40 bedrooms. There's more than 20, 25 bathrooms. So you can see to build this type of a house, there has to be a bigger foundation. So a foundation tells you how high you can go. So if your foundation is small, you can't go higher. I can't, I can't build a one-bedroom, then on top of the one-bedroom, I build a flat. What's going to happen? It's going to collapse. Then they're going to take your architecture license away. Because the foundation is important. It's very, very, very important. The, the first scripture I want to open is Psalms 127, verse 1. Psalms 127, verse 1. It says, except the Lord builds the house, they labor in, in vain who build it. Except the Lord keeps the city, the watchman wakes up in vain. Except the Lord builds the house. The builder builds in vain. Say, say, say this with me. The Lord, the Lord is the one that builds the house. The Lord is the one that builds the house. So unless the Lord builds the house, we build in vain. Unless the, the Lord is the one that is sending you, unless the Lord is the one that is equipping you, unless the Lord is the one that is strengthening you, he has to be the one. Unless the Lord is the one saying, go plant a church, you're planting in vain. You're planting in vain. Unless the Lord says, go build that business, go to that, you build in vain. And you're going to encounter challenges. Say this with me. My foundation is in Christ. So our foundation is in Christ. The scripture that I'm going to be focusing on today is Matthew 9. If you have your Bible, go to Matthew 9. Matthew 9. Today I'm, I'm just going to be looking at, the, there's many aspects, but I'm just going to be looking, focusing on this one. Matthew 9, 27. Do you have it? Matthew 9, 27. It says, as Jesus passed on from there, two blind men followed him. Two blind men followed him. How did they follow him? They were blind. <laughs> two blind men followed him, shouting loudly, have pity, have mercy on us, son of David. 
Have mercy on us, son of David. Have mercy on us, son of David. So these, these, Jesus was walking and these two blind guys come to Jesus and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. The next verse, 28. When he reached the house and went in, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe? Underline the word believe in your Bible. Do you believe? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? So the blind man, they came to Jesus and they were asking him, Lord, have mercy on us. We want to receive our sight. Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do the very request that you're asking? That is the question to you today. Do you believe that Jesus is able to do whatever you are asking him to do? Do you believe it? Jesus knew very well that he can do it. But he wanted to check their what? Foundation. He wanted to check their foundation. Then Jesus says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? They, say, they said to him, yes, Lord. The next verse. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith and trust and reliance. Can we please have it in the King James? In the King James. So Jesus touched their eyes based on what they said. Because he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to heal you? They replied with a yes. Then he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. Verse 30. According to your faith, let it be so. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus steadily warned them, saying, see that no one knows. But I want you to focus on that, that their eyes were opened. Their eyes were open. Jesus knew very well that he can heal them. He knew very well that he can do the very thing that they're asking. But he, he wanted to see where their foundation is. He wanted to see where they're standing on. Where they're standing on. You know, sometimes we ask God things without actually believing that he can do them. We ask... And, we just, you know, prayer is just a routine of just asking. You, are, you ask, but you don't believe that he can. We don't do it in our lives. When you, let's say you're short of 100 rand, you need 100 rand. In your phone, you know very well the people you can call and get that 100 rand. You know, there's certain people you know, if I call this person, they will give me 100 rand. So you believe that they have it before you even call them. There's certain people you know, I'm not going to call that one. That one doesn't have. That one doesn't have. That one doesn't have. You haven't asked them, but in your head, you've already prepared. No, that one doesn't have. I'm not going to ask that one. I'm going to ask this one. So we apply it in our life, in our everyday life. We believe that when I go to Brother Vusi and I say, Brother Vusi, Give me 10,000. Brother Vusi is going to give me. Yes, he can. Brother Vusi can. 
Brother Vossi's married. He's married. <laughs> Amen? So I'm able to trust Brother Vossi. I believe that he has whatever I'm asking. But why can't I believe that God has what I'm asking? Why can't I believe that God has the very thing that I'm asking? But I'm, I'm asking him just thinking, maybe he will do it one day. That is not the right foundation to stand on. When you ask God, you must believe. Say this, when I ask God, I must believe. You must believe. Because Jesus asked the blind man and he says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And I have the ability to do it, but do you believe it? Jesus has the ability to do anything that you ask him to do, but do you believe that he can? The question lies on you. Do you believe that he can do the very thing you're asking him? Say to your neighbor, calculate the cost. Calculate the cost. And I was just reading through this story of the two blind men. Firstly, obviously, they're blind. So they never saw Jesus. But somehow, they knew that this man can do the request that we want. How, how did they get to know about Jesus? They heard. They heard. You know, what you hear can actually affect what you see. What you hear can... These guys had no sight, but because of what they had, it created a vision. But they were blind. They were blind. They heard it. They heard it from the people saying, here's Jesus. Jesus heals. Jesus does this. Jesus sets captives free. Jesus, they kept on hearing it. They kept on hearing it. Then faith rose in their heart without seeing Jesus. They never saw any miracles that Jesus did. They never saw one. But they heard. Based on the word they heard, they believed. They never saw it. You know, some of us, we want to see it. We want to see it first before we believe. That is the Thomas kind of faith. That faith won't get you anything. So what I hear affects what I see. Let me give you a, a simple example. It's like, let's say I'm sitting with bro Brother Vusi here, and we, Brother Vusi hasn't met Tobani. I tell him about Tobani. He hasn't met Tobani. So based on, on what I'm telling him about Tobani, he's going to have a picture or a vision about Tobani. He has never seen Tobani. But because of what he has heard from me, he already, he already has a picture of what Tobani looks like. That's why I'm saying what you hear affects what you see. It affects what you see. Your hearing is very important. You need to hear the right things so that you can think the right things. Because if you keep on hearing only the negative, you keep on hearing the wrong stuff, that's what your perception is going to be. See, when people are, are negative, it's not because they're naturally negative. It's because that's what they hear. That's what they're constantly hearing. If that's all you're hearing, negativity, that's what's going to come out. 
That's all you're going to see. So they did not, they didn't, they never saw Jesus, but they knew that Jesus can do what they want. They never saw him. They never saw Jesus perform miracles. They never see any of that. But based on what they heard, they knew that this is the man that's going to answer our prayers. This is the man that's going to open our blind eyes. They believed more than the, the people that had full capacity of all their body. They could see, they could do everything. But they were blind. They had faith based on what they've heard. So this saying of seeing is believing, it doesn't work. Because they never saw anything. So seeing is not believing. Amen? Believing is seeing. Believing in the word of God is seeing. When you take the word of God and you believe in the word of God, that is equal to sight. That is equal to sight. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. So when you walk, you don't walk by what you see or by your circumstances around, but you walk according to what the word says. If the word of God says this about you, that's who you are. Whether you don't see it, whether you don't see it now, that's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. If the Bible says, by his stripes I am healed, or by Jesus died so I may become rich, you might not see it now, but I am. To me, I am. I, I, I have my own ears, my own eyes. I, I see what God says about me. I don't need you to tell me what you see. I see what God is telling, is talking about me. I see it for myself. I don't need a pair of eyes to tell me what they see. I see what God says about me, and, and that's what I believe. That is my final authority. Are you learning something today? So that is Jesus. Jesus is, is always willing. You know, the, he is willing to, to do more than we can ever ask or imagine. The, the, the last two days, I think on, on, on Friday, while we were driving with my wife in playoff, this guy, I don't know where his mind was, but he bumped me. He just bumped me. He just reversed. We were going in a straight line. He just reversed and just bumped me. And it was funny in a way. I, I wasn't that angry. My wife was the angry one. <laughs> I was not that angry, but I, I was like, what's going on here? But nothing bad happened to the car, just small things. Then yesterday, while we were coming back from Flayoff, I think around nine, I was going home. So I was going to drop off my uncles, my two uncles in Tendisa. So as we were standing by the robot, if you know Allendane Road, when you, when you go to Tendisa, we're standing by the robots there. While we're standing, all we heard was, Poof. there was a car coming from this side, and this guy was coming in. 
This guy was driving probably more than 160. So he hit this guy. When he hit this guy, the car was coming straight to me. It was coming straight at me. So when I looked to my left, my uncle is ready by the dog. <laughs> my uncle is ready by the door. He's already almost out. And it's coming. And I, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I can see this car is coming to me. And you can see if, if it had hit me, it would have been a big impact. Because from that and coming this side, it was coming fast. The way the car missed me, I thought, I thought it's going to hit my mirror or something. But it was just inches. Even the way it turned, I looked at it, I'm like, I, I was telling my uncles, I'm like, I hope you guys saw God today. Because we could, we could have been injured. Like we could have easily been injured. The car was coming straight, but when it came to me, it just turned a bit. When it came towards, it just turned a bit. I looked at it, and I'm like, wow. I'm like, God. I know God is amazing, guys. God is amazing. He's, he's working. He's always working. He's always working. Whenever you feel like doubting, look at the things that God has done for you. Look at the things that you've asked that God has done. There's things that you've asked 10 years ago that you have. You have them. You've never thanked, but you, are, you're, you're full of, you have a list of complaints, that things that God is not doing, but you never look at what God has done for you. How would you feel when, uh, when someone, you've, you've helped them, but all they have is complaints about you? All they have is complaints. No, you don't do this, you don't do what, you don't do that. But you look at what God has done for you, it's a lot. It's a lot. I never, I, I hardly ask God stuff. I, I, I thank more than I ask. That's the lifestyle I live. I thank God more than I ask him anything. Because there's more, there's things that will just come your way just by thanking him. Just saying, thank you God that I have this. Thank you God that I have that. Always have a heart of gratitude. See the things that God is doing in your life. So faith is important. Believing in God is important. Because if you don't believe in God, and if you don't believe in what God can do for you, you won't believe that he can give you what you're asking. You won't believe that he can give you what you're asking. Let's go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 58. I just want to show you how important believing in God and having faith in God is. Matthew 13, 58. It's in Matthew 13, 58. This is Jesus now. He says, now he did not do any, he did not do many mighty, the new King James now, he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. I want to underline the word unbelief in your Bible. 
So Jesus, Jesus got to his hometown. And when he got there, you know, when Jesus comes to a place, he always wants to do something. He always wants to do something. When we gather in church, when we meet on Sunday prayer meetings, Jesus wants to do something. He wants to touch you. He wants to change lives. But it's all dependent on you. So Jesus went to his hometown, and when he got there, he could not do any mighty works because of their unbelief. Because of their unbelief towards him. Because they looked at Jesus as, Jesus, the, the table that I have at my house, you're the one who made it. You're a table boy. You can't be telling me you're going to heal me. Go fix my table there first. So they looked at Jesus as a table boy. They never looked at Jesus as the healer. And that's what they got. They got the table. They never got the healing. So knowing what God can do and knowing what God is in your life affects how you ask and receive from him. It affects that. It affects that. You, 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 you have to get to a point where you believe, you, believe, you believe what God believes about you. What God believes about you. What God believes is possible about you. You have to get to a point where you believe that. There's a statement that I, I heard from a preacher and he says, God places no limitations on faith. And faith places no limitations on God. So, so when you are in faith, there is no limit to what you can get. There's no limit. And when you are in faith, there's no limit in what God can do for you. Unkept. There's no buffering there. You see the internet that buffers where you get a message, your data has been depleted. <laughs> While you are in the middle of, of a movie there, you are watching, while you're watching, the message just pops up, the screen just pauses, your data has been depleted. But God is not like that. God never runs out of that. He never runs out. He never runs out. God is not a respecter of persons as well. What God can do for you, he can do for the next person. He can do it for the next person. But we have to change our foundation. We have to change how we see him. We have to change how we believe. We have to change it. Because I have to believe it that he, is, he can. I have to believe that he can. The next scripture I want to open is in Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is difficult. Is that what it says? Without faith, it's 50-50. So without faith, it is impossible. What does the word impossible mean? It means impossible. <laughs> because that's what impossible means. 
So without faith, it is impossible to please him. The only way to please God is by faith. No amount of good works will please God. There's no good works that will please God, but a Christian does good works. We don't do good works to please God. We do good works because we are Christians. That's our lifestyle. So he says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must, must, must. When you say something is a must, there's no way out. There's no shortcut. There's no corners. He who comes to God must believe. Must believe that he is and that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. You must believe that God exists. You know, sometimes people ask God, they don't even believe that God exists. How can you ask something from someone who don't believe they exist? How are they going to get it to you? So you must believe that he is. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Say this, I must believe that God is. So I have to believe that God is. Whatever you need, I have to believe that God is that. Whatever you are trusting God for, I have to believe that God is that. Because if I don't believe, it's going to affect me. I will not get what I'm asking. Because I have to believe. That's, that's, that's the language that God understands. The second scripture I want to I look at is Mark 5, 34. Mark 5:34 And he said to her Daughter your faith has made you well Go in peace and be healed of your affliction This is the story of the the woman with the issue of blood and she touched Jesus, and Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples did not understand that because many people were touching Jesus. Man, everybody wanted to touch Jesus, but this touch that came from this woman was different. It was not just a natural touch. She placed the demand on what Jesus has. Others were just touching but she touched with a purpose. She knew if she had to touch, she's going to be made well. So when she touched Jesus, power was made available. Power was made available. And when you look at the story, this woman never went to Jesus and said, Jesus, please heal me. She never did that. She never asked and said, Jesus, please heal me. Jesus was just walking, minding his own business, but this woman knowing what Jesus has and knowing what Jesus can do for him, for her, she touched Jesus and she was made well. So she placed the demand on what Jesus carries. 
and she received exactly that. You see how important uh, foundation has to be. You see how important having faith in God is. She placed a demand on God and she received exactly what she trusted. So we have to we have to come to a point in our lives where we know that God is able. We know that God can do whatever we ask that God can do. He can do the very thing that you ask. When you read the story of, of David, David was a young boy at 17. At 17, there was, there was giants that were fighting against the Israel. Now David was sent by his father to take food to his brothers. David was not going there to fight. He was not going there to do anything. His job was take the food to your brothers so your brothers have food. When David got there, there was Goliath who was, was busy beating up the Israelites. And Saul, Saul was the biggest among all of them. So Saul, if Saul can't beat Goliath, the whole of us can't. But David, a 17-year-old boy, came to the battlefield and he looked at Goliath and he says, God will deliver Israel today. A 17-year-old boy. These are men, old men. Here's a 17-year-old boy. There's only one difference between them and David. David knew who God is. David knew what God can do. That, that is the only difference between them. They wanted to fight Goliath in their own strength. They wanted to fight Goliath in their own strength. And they did not win. But David came with the authority of God. He came with victories where he, he tore a lion's beard. How do you tear a lion's beard? David did that. David fought with bears. So David knew what God can do based on past victories that he had. He looked at Goliath. He says, this is another opportunity for God to show himself. This is another one that God can do. While they were standing there looking at Goliath saying, there's nothing we can do. There's no David looked at an opportunity to say, God is going to shine today. God is going to shine today. David had to be confident in God. Imagine if David there stood there by himself. Goliath would have destroyed him. Goliath would have destroyed him. So we don't have to be prepared when the battle comes. We always have to be prepared. Preparation does not come when you see the fight. Preparation is a daily thing. You don't train, you don't train for, for soccer. Let's say you're playing a match tomorrow. You train today. You're not going to last. You're not going to last. There's a preparation that happens in between. So there's a preparation where David was with God, where David found out who God was. So when the battle came, it was something that David was doing daily. It did not shock him. David had no doubt that God can deliver them out from Goliath. 
There was no doubt in David. And they tried giving David the armor, the big armor. But David saw, I don't need this. Because you guys are trying to fight this man in the natural. I, I don't even need a sword. I don't need a sword to take this man down. I just need a small stone. You see how God shows off. God didn't even use a sword to, to kill Goliath. He used a small stone. He used a small stone and a sling. That's something you use to kill birds. <laughs> when you kill birds, you use a sling. But God used that. Amen? He, he used such a small thing, according to them, they saw that as a small thing, but he used that small thing and conquered Goliath. So God can do more with the small that you have. God can do more. That's why I loved what Chando was talking about, that you have to be faithful with the little. That's where it starts. If you can't be faithful with the small, you will never be faithful with the more. You will never. If God can't trust you with the little that you have, if God had to add, if you are untrustworthy with the little, it's going to destroy you. The more it's going to destroy you. It's going to do more harm than good. So you have to be faithful with the little. And David took that sling and he hit Goliath. And they say Goliath's helmet was going up and down, so David had to time it. He had to time, so he didn't just have to hit him, he had to time when the, when the helmet goes up. So the, the heat had to be precise. It had to be precise. When the helmet went, that's when the stone hit. That's what, that's what your God can do. That's what my God and your God can do. If God did that for David, how much more he can do for you with a better covenant? How much more God can do for you? I can imagine Moses, if Moses didn't know that God can deliver him, he took the children of Israel and he got to the Red Sea and now the armies are chasing him. Now here's a sea, there's no way of getting to the other side and people are complaining. They're saying, take us back. Take us back, Moses, because you brought us here to die. All the pressure was on Moses now, because now the armies of Egypt are coming. Now Moses had to make a plan. And he knew the, the battles that God has won for him. At that moment, he knew that God can make a way. There was no way. When you looked at the sea, there was no way. There was no way of getting to the other side. We didn't, they didn't have boats like we do. But God parted the sea and the children of Israel were able to get to the other side safely. That is what your God can do for you. God can do way more than enough, more than we think, imagine. That's what God can do for you. When I come to a close... The, last, the second last scripture I want to read is Joshua. Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9. 
Joshua 1.9. I'm going to be reading from verse 8. It says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. This book of, of the law shall not depart from your mouth. It, to depart is to leave. So it, it, shall, it must not leave your mouth. It must not leave you. It must be found in you. So in your conversation, the, book of, the, the Bible must be found in your words. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate in it. You shall think on it. You shall ponder on it. You know, faith, faith really grows when you start meditating. When you start meditating, thinking about what, what, you, what, what you have heard. So the more you are hearing, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And when, for it to grow, you think about what, is, what, what you have heard. Like the two blind men, they kept on hearing, they kept on hearing, they kept on hearing. And I'm sure they were talking amongst each other and saying, this Jesus that people are talking about, I'm sure he can do this for us. The other one said, yes, he can. He can. The other one said, we've suffered for this for years. We've tried many doctors, we've tried many medicine, we've tried one, two, three. It does not work. This one say, let's, let's give Jesus a try because what we've heard, all we've heard is good reports. All we've heard is victories. And they eventually convinced one another and they agreed that let's go to Jesus. Let's go to Jesus and we know we're going to be made well. And they received the very thing that they were asking. Because they believed what Jesus can do for them. It shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. That you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For when you, may, for if you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. This book of the Lord, this Bible... Meditate on it day and night. Day and night. That is the only way we'll, we'll know what God can do for you. The only way to know how, what God can do for you is this Bible. This Bible tells you what God can do for you. What God has done for you. The Bible says in Christ you are a new creation. In Christ all things have passed. All things have passed. Behold, you have become a new, a new creature. You have become a new creature. When I, when I got born again, and the scripture was read, in Christ you have become a new creature. All things have passed. From there, I told myself that everything that I have done in the past, that's not me. Because that person died. That person died. 
So whatever things I've done before Christ, that person died. That's not me. Because in Christ, I'm a new creature. I'm a new creation. So whenever I meet people that, that want to take me there, I tell them that person died. That person no longer exists. In Christ, I'm a new creature. We have to embrace what the Bible says. We have to embrace what the Word says. And that is the, that is the only time where the Word will come alive in our, in our lives. It will come alive. We have to believe what the Bible says. You know, many Christians, they, 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 they want to talk about the good old times, the, the bad they did, all of those things. I mean, I don't take, I, I don't like talking about that. I don't like talking about that unless it's going to help someone. But I, wanna, I rather want to focus on what God can do for me and, and who I am in God. Because that is, that is who I am currently. I am not that person anymore. Why, currently, who am I now? Who am I now? Let's focus on who we are in Christ now. Because we are a new creation. The last scripture I want to read is Romans 10. Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So your foundation has to be the word of God. It has to be the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing. I, I, I like to say this. How many of you had a burger? How many of you have eaten a burger? So if, you, if you're not raising your hand, you've not eaten a burger. You've never eaten a burger. <laughs> How many of you are going to have a burger again? But you've had it before. You've had it before. Why, why, why are you going to have it again when you've had it before? It's nice. So you're telling me even the next time you have it, you're still going to have it again, again and again, again and again, again and again and again and again. That's what we have to do with the Word of God. It has to be again and again and again and again and again. It has to be like that. Now the danger is come into a place in your life where you say you know it all. That is the most dangerous place where you can find yourself in saying that you know it. When the pastor preach, no, I know that. I know that. I've heard that. I've heard that. No, pastor preached that last year. He preached that two years ago. He preached that ten years ago. Yeah, you've heard the beggar, but you never do that. Or a steak. Or ribs. I love ribs. When you go to spare, that is the only thing you look on the menu. You're like, can I please have ribs? Yes. 
and you, you get so excited, but you've heard it probably more than 10, 20 times, but you still get excited. You still eat it like it's new, like you've never eaten it before. We have to approach the Word of God like that, like it's new. Every, every scripture, you know, you can read one scripture, one verse for the whole week. You'll get different things. You'll get different things. You'll get different things. So don't get into the habit that, that saying, I've, I've heard that. And the Bible does not say faith comes by having heard. Having heard is the past tense. Faith is present tense, is hearing. Right now, you can't, you can't talk about something you've heard two years ago. Would you, would you eat food that, you had, that was cooked two years ago? Why not? <laughs> it's rotten. It, it cannot help you. So the word that you've heard two years ago, when you hear something new, why do you always say, I've heard it? It has the word of God is for today. Whatever word that you're hearing is for today. And I, that, that is what the one thing that I want to leave us with, that when you hear the word of God, when the word of God is preached, what, what I'm teaching right now, some of the things I've taught and some of the things pastor has taught for the last six years, and when I hear them, I always want to have an attitude that these are new to me. These are new. And that's how you're going to miss God's revelation. Because of, I know it. And it's all just head knowledge. Let's, let's stand, let's stand. Please tell us something there, sir. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We give you praise. We honor you, Lord Jesus.